We are beginning a new series this morning, and uh, we're going to kind of do an overview today of some of the things that we'll be hitting through the next few weeks. And we want to talk today about this topic, commitment matters. Commitment matters. And I'm going to begin with a story about commitment. It was a beautiful sunny day, and as Grant leaned back on the park bench, he felt a sense of loss and freedom all at the same time. You see, this was the last day. It was over. He was out. The decision to leave was not totally his, but it felt right. He'd spent 15 years of his life in what some called religion and others called a cult. Grant closed his eyes and his thoughts took him back to how it had all started. You see, he had gotten involved when he was only three, which was obviously his parents' decision, not his. They were involved and fully committed in every way. They joined meetings two to five times a week at different times of the day and also went to regular weekend meetings that continued for hours and hours, sometimes days. Grant's parents scheduled their entire lives around attending those meetings, even choosing at times to miss work. They were required to give 10 to 20% of their income to be involved, and they didn't seem to complain much. Once Grant began to work, he started donating some of his money as well. And Grant learned early on that you had to obey the leadership without question. He'd seen more than one person get excommunicated for not regularly attending meetings or refusing to obey the leaders. No one wanted to be excommunicated and be looked down on by the others as if they were a complete failure. There were a lot of rules to learn and follow. And if you didn't obey the rules, there were consequences, and none of them were fun. The shouting of a group of young boys playing soccer nearby brought Grant back to reality and he began smiling and laughing just a little bit to himself. He knew he had not actually been involved in a cult. It was just hockey. You see, he actually loved the sport and gave his time because he wanted to. He'd only been forced to go a few times when he was younger and even though he was done now, he knew he'd still play for fun when he could. You see, Grant had aged out of organized hockey and he'd just played his last tournament. He'd enjoy hockey, but as he sat there, he pondered, what had he gotten out of it? What had he really learned from it? You see, hockey had shaped his life for the last 15 years, and Grant realized that the greatest thing he had learned from hockey was the value and reward of commitment. Commitment to a group of friends, commitment to an organization, commitment to self-discipline. Commitment was now a part of him, and he wondered even now, what would be the next thing he fully committed to? Would it be work, a family, or maybe it would be church? Grant was pretty sure he remembered the pastor's name, and he'd heard that the local church was looking for some committed people. Maybe he'd give the pastor a call this week. I don't know who wrote this, this is really good stuff right here. <laughs> Grant laughed a little bit as he jumped from the park bench and ran for the soccer ball that went rolling by. He decided his thoughts and the pastor would need to wait 
Because right now, someone needed to show these young boys how to really play soccer. Commitment. What does it mean to you? Because church, commitment matters. And yes, I think all of us can see that in sports, commitment is required, but also that there's value in that commitment and reward because of that commitment. The scripture has a lot to say about commitment. And I want us to begin to look at what scripture says about it, the different areas of it, and why it's so important in our lives if we want to live an abundant life, if we want to have deep relationships, if we want to have passion and joy and overflow in what we do, commitment will be required. Because anything that is worth our time will need commitment. The definition of commitment is this, the act of binding yourself to a course of action no matter the cost or outcome. Let me say that one more time. It is the act of binding yourself to a course of action no matter the cost or outcome. And when I read that, I get a a picture of something that used to happen years ago when there would be loggers out there cutting trees and someone would be like, save the trees, and they would tie themselves to the tree. They were committed to saving that tree, no matter what. What have you committed yourself to? What are you passionate enough about? What do you believe in that has caused you to commit fully? Because if you are living a life without commitment, I can guarantee you are living disappointed and unfulfilled. Commitment is necessary to live fulfilled. Now, I'm going to just briefly look at a few places in Scripture that talk about commitment today, and we're going to go deeper in the weeks ahead. One of the places we see commitment is commitment in our relationships. They require commitment. Look at Ruth chapter 1 and verse 16. And Before I begin to read, I'll just back up a little. Uh, this is the story of Naomi and Ruth. And Naomi has moved from her home country with her husband and two boys to a, another place to live. And her two boys get married, and a little while later, her husband passes away, and both her boys pass away. Now there she is with just two daughter-in-laws. And she says, I'm going back home. My life is ruined. It's horrible. Change my name to mean bitter, because that's how I am. And the daughters say, we're going to go with you, the daughter-in-laws. And she says, don't come with me. I don't want you to come with me. I have nothing for you. And Ruth answers her this. It says, but Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. And you know the story, Ruth went with her and was blessed abundantly. But this is the picture of commitment in relationship. 
She made up her mind. She was going with her mother-in-law, and nothing could stop her. She didn't care the cost. She didn't care the outcome. I need to ask you a question about your relationships. Commitment in relationship. Do you want deep friendships and deep relationships? If you do, you will need commitment. Look at this verse in Proverbs 18.24. It says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Brothers are good friends. Brothers care about one another. Sure, they might have issues and, and things going on, but when it comes down to it, they will fight for one another if necessary. Brothers are close. But there's a friend that can be even closer than a brother. I'm just wondering today, are there any of you who has a friend like that? You can, you can put your hand up for this one. This is true. Do you have a friend that cares about you probably even more than a brother? I guarantee you, if you do, that friend has made a commitment, whether they said it out loud or not, that they're going to be your friend no matter what you do. Those kind of friendships are deep. Those kind of friendships last, usually a lifetime. Somebody, both or one, said, I'm your friend no matter what. This week I had the opportunity chatting with a young man. I, I just came out of me. This was even before I had prepared the message. And I said, you know what? I need you to know something. You are my friend. And no matter what you do, it will not change that. And he started to kind of cry on the other end of the phone. You see, because you expect the pastor to call you. It's his job. He has no choice. Well, I actually do. But I call you because I love you. But I was being sincere. I honestly felt the Holy Spirit say, he's your friend no matter what. Tell him. Friendships that are deep are meaningful, and they bring something to your life that makes it worthwhile. But it takes commitment. Without commitment, there will not be a deep friendship. If you're like, oh, man, I wish I had more friends, but you never call the friends you have, you ditch them whenever you can, you only call them when you need money, you're not going to have good friendships. Hey, you know what? A really deep, committed friend, when you're in serious trouble, they'll be the first one there to help you. When they find out, you won't have to call them. They'll just reach out to you. Matthew 19, verse 5. This is one of the deepest relationships there is, and of course, it's the relationship of marriage. And Jesus said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then there are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. I believe marriage is the strongest uh, relationship and requires the greatest commitment and that's why it's the strongest relationship. And I need to tell you something. Commitment in that relationship should be first. I know in our day and age, we see more and more people not getting married. Less people making commitments to stay with that one person no matter what. The marriage vow. You know what the marriage vow says? For better or for worse, richer or poorer, in sickness or in health, I'm with you. Friend, that's commitment. You don't stand up at your wedding and say, 
yeah, I'm with you unless you do something I don't like or you, you know, you don't cook very well or, right? Nobody does that. It's called commitment. And where there's deep commitment, there becomes a deep relationship. Now, that commitment needs to continue. It can't just be fluffy words. It needs to commit to continue. And I know the answer for us to see more and more people uh, get married again. There's an easy answer for it. I'm going to be careful how I say this, but uh, I don't want to blame anybody. And I think the blame is on both the men and the women. But I have seen over the years that many times a young lady's desire to be with somebody will cause her to give everything that comes with marriage to a young man who makes no commitment. Ladies, if you said no, men everywhere would be getting married. That is the truth. Do not think that you are not worth it. You are worth somebody's commitment. And young men, commitment comes first. You want a deep, meaningful, lasting relationship, then commitment comes first. It just got quiet in here. It's okay. Commitment. I'm going to just quickly look at a couple other areas of commitment that Scripture very clearly talks about. One of those is your commitment in your work. Commitment in our work is a scriptural principle, and I'm going to hit it really quick and keep moving. We'll go deeper in the weeks ahead. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10, the first part of the verse says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. You see, as a believer, you are called and asked to do your best, whatever your work is. Colossians 3 and verse 23 says this, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. When you work and do your best for the Lord, it doesn't really matter what people say or think because you're not doing it for them. If you're just working to please the boss, bosses are people. They might forget to thank you. They might forget to let you know you did a great job. They're just people. They'll let you down, and then you'll be like, oh, this job. But do it for the Lord, and you do your best. There's a commitment to work. I'm going to say this before I move to the next point. When you have a commitment for the work or the business that you do, you will actually have a passion for it as well, and you will most likely enjoy it. No commitment, you won't enjoy your work. Really? Really? I've worked in a lot of different places before I was a pastor. And the guys that showed up 15 minutes late and left 10 minutes early and only worked if the boss was looking, they didn't like their job. They were not fulfilled in their work. And they also weren't there very long. Because they got let go or they looked for another place that they didn't like. They never liked their jobs anywhere when you have that kind of uncommitted attitude. Because commitment, when you're tied to something, you want it to work, don't you? When you actually step in and say, okay, I'm going to be at this place of work, and you commit to it, as the definition says, you've made a decision to connect yourself to it no matter what. And when you do that, you want it to work. If you're working in a place that you have no commitment for, that you don't really care about, you won't work there long. And you won't enjoy it. 
Commitment matters. Maybe there's some young people right now saying, well, what about school? We're forced to go there. Okay, let's just go on to school because there's a couple people at that age. School is good for you. I have a daughter here, so I'm going to just have the little speech. School is good for you. <laughs> we need to learn. We need to grow. We, you are going to gain uh, an understanding of what commitment is. And yes, your parents and your teacher are going to help you get that. However, parents, if your child is going to school that they hate or they're being bullied, then you need to help them commit at a school where they're going to be healthy. Okay? And that commitment might require some finance. This is not an advertisement, but we send our girls to the Christian school here in town, and it costs money. And it's not always fun, but I'm committed because I know what it's doing for them. There's some, they homeschool, and they're committed to it because they have checked it out, and they believe that it's good for their kids. So for the young people, let me go back to you. You're going to have to go to school no matter what. So choose to commit to doing your best at it and I can guarantee you it will become actually enjoyable. I got some young people right now, like they're not even looking at me. Enjoyable? Are you Yes, I'm serious. When you commit to something, it changes how you feel about it. It will become enjoyable. Woo! Look at someone and say, I love school. No, don't do that. (laughs) It will become enjoyable when you commit to it. All right. Let me keep going here. We also, I believe, need to have commitment to a local church. Now, again, we're just going to hit this quickly today, and we'll go deeper in another message. But the church is likened to a body, a family, and an army in different places. We'll look at those quickly. All of these require unity and commitment to fulfill their purpose. Okay? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 25. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one of the members is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Now you need to understand that the writer was speaking of the whole church and of local churches because his letter was written to a local church. And he was telling them, hey, you need to be connected, unified like a body. You see, your body has to be connected and working as one to even walk. Your brain is telling this muscle to do this and that muscle to do that, and there you go. Look at that. But when there's disunity or parts missing, it becomes confusion, and the body is unable to do what it was meant to do. Just like your local church. And that commitment is saying, you know what, I'm committed to be part of the local church and to see it affect its community the way it was meant to be. It's commitment, not, well, I will if they do what I want, you know, if they do this, you know, and if they have that song, and only if I can get to do, that's not commitment. That's a little more like consumerism. Well, if they meet all my needs, okay, I better not go down this road. Let's come back. Are you committed? 
Do you understand commitment? Because commitment matters. You want to feel a sense of joy and fulfillment in your local church? Get committed. Commit. Commit fully. We'll talk more about what that might look like, but not today. Ephesians 3.14, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So here's the idea of the church being a family. And once again, the whole church is a large family, and then there are smaller families within it called local churches. Families are an interesting thing. We're all part of a family. And you understand that families are different. There's nobody in the family that's identical. Even if you have identical twins, their personalities are always different. One is outgoing, one is shy. So even in your local church family, we shouldn't all look the same. We don't even have to act all the same. That would actually be weird. We should be individuals as part of a group, each fulfilling a part in our family. It's a commitment to say, hey, even though you're not perfect, you're part of my family. Even though some days you annoy me, you're part of my family. That's called commitment. All right. That was the family part. Here's a verse that talks about it as an army. Matthew 16 and verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, this is a picture and terminology of an army, okay? He's telling them, I'm going to build my church, my body of believers, and they're going to take the uh, kingdom of hell, is what he's saying, because he's saying the gates will be pushed down. They won't stand up. Okay, this is not a, we hide and we just keep the enemy from hurting us. This is an army taking down the gates of hell. So God's likening his church, Jesus, as an army. And just like the picture of an army, there's a large army and there's units within the army. And an army is successful when people are fully committed to working with their group. Do you understand that? That is the same with God's church. And if you can come together with different people in a local body and work for a purpose... You'll see God's kingdom do what it's supposed to do. We can bring light, we can bring joy, we can bring God's presence to our community. But we can't do that if we're fighting and arguing. We can't do that if we are uncommitted completely. Are you committed? I believe you should visit other families and your relatives, but you should be committed to your close family. I believe God wants us to care enough about out there to work together. Which means sometimes we don't always get what we want. If you grew up with a lot of kids in your family, you didn't always get what you wanted, did you? It's okay. Commitment to the lost. As believers, we are also called to commit to seeing the lost come in. And I'm going to move quickly because I do want to get you done and we'll go deep on all of these later. Luke 15 and verse 2. The Pharisees and scribes complained saying, The man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? 
And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder, rejoicing. You and I should also have a commitment to those around us who don't know Christ. And our commitment is that we care enough about them to reach out to them. We care enough about them to spend time with them. Jesus spent time with people who were sinners. But his time spent with them wasn't to join in with the sinning, but to say, hey, there's a better way. You see, you can't hate people that are different than you and expect them to want what you have. You can't be smacking them around and expect them to receive anything from you. You have to actually do like Jesus and love them, just like he did with you and I. Because Scripture says while we were still sinners, he died for us. In other words, he gave everything when you didn't even care yet. So can you and I be committed enough to the lost to care about them even if they don't like us? Okay, so that means a little bit of time. We're going to go deeper on this at another time. Of course, that is actually our mission as a church is to reach out to those who don't yet know him. Matthew 28, 19 says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Our mission is to reach them. Are we committed to it as a church? Our mission is that we exist to help people find and follow Jesus. That probably means we have to talk to them once in a while. Okay, that's enough there. Commitment. Commitment to the Lord. We can't leave that out. We're in church. Are you committed to serving and following him? Luke 18, 28. Then Peter said, we have left all and followed you. So he said to them, this is Jesus talking now, assuredly I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many more times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. In Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I said that simply to say this, church, if you've made up your mind, yes, I want to follow Christ, it also requires commitment. Commitment to say, I'm going to do this, whatever the cost. I'm going to follow you, Lord. Even if it means taking up a cross, I'm going to follow you. Now, the Lord Jesus didn't ask us to do that for nothing because he already did it for us. It says we love him because he first loved us. And as I already mentioned, he went to a cross and died for us when we didn't even care. We didn't even know. It says that today we look back on the cross All before that, they looked ahead to when the Messiah would come. He did it for people who didn't care. You and I. Commitment matters. I just want to pray for God's favor, His anointing, His uh, Holy Spirit to give you a commitment at another level than what you've had in the past. So if you want that today, just bow with me. Lord, I thank you for your church who's come here today. I thank you, Lord, that they obviously understand commitment or they wouldn't be here at all. 
But Lord, I'm asking today that you would take their commitment to another level. Because Lord, when we commit, passion follows. When we commit fully, there is a sense of fulfillment like never before. So Lord, I'm asking, take them to the next level. If they're suffering in their relationships, give them a commitment level that rises. Lord, if they're suffering in their work situations, teach them commitment at work. And Lord, above all, give us a commitment for the lost, for those that are hurting around us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.